There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles that they never could. This is the road <laughs> to infinity. Guess what makes that little old ant think he'll move that rubber tree plant? Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he's got Welcome to the Road to Infinity. That was, of course, Doris Day doing High Hopes, but I used that in the very first Ant-Man episode we did, and I figured, why not bring it back for the sequel? All right, so we're back. We haven't been <laughs> haven't done this in a while, so uh, forgive some of my ring rust. Uh, I'm still uh, remembering how exactly we did this before, so we can <laughs> sort of bring it to the end. Just when you think you're done, then the, the Russos pull a switcheroo and bring you back in for more. All right, so uh, we're here to discuss uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Better title than Ant-Man 2. And the first time uh, the title has ever included a female character. So Marvel's slow, but they get there eventually. <laughs> uh, d- with me to discuss this, uh, this this epic sequel is Amy Shaw. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming along. Thank you for having me. I'm excited yeah. to talk about the movie. Yeah, it's a good it's a good one too. Uh, it's interesting where it, where it puts it because we're we're coming off of a very very heavy <laughs> movie, <laughs> and then they pivot to a very light comedy in terms of Marvel. Uh, True. But something that I would say, it introduces some really heavy ideas mm -hmm. and where they're going to go with this will be very interesting to see what they make use of in terms of what Michelle Pfeiffer's character is introducing the whole, you know, do you put, just say quantum in front of everything? You know, that's the (laughs) joke, but it's kind of like, oh, is that the next, you know, how is that going to play out as, as things go forward? But you're right. It is a total romp. It's a comedy. Anytime you've got Paul Rudd in there, you know, it's just going to be enjoyable and you're going to have a smile on your face. I think absolutely right. I think this is going to, and as the time goes by, is going to be a very crucial film. I think they're gonna. There's a lot of stuff in here that they sort of do it as a gag or a throwaway thing that's going to end up being extremely important, especially even in in the next movie in their chronology. Agreed. Um, so usually I do uh, like a history thing, but there's really not much history stuff to discuss. And we've already talked about in the in the first Ant Man episode. I talked about the history of Hank Pym and and uh, and uh, Janet Van Dyne and and Hope and that stuff. So we don't really need to get on that. Hope, Hope is interesting because she's a major character here uh and she is sort of a movie creation there there was a hope van dyne in the comics but she was from an alternate universe and was a bad guy and it was a oh, wow. thing yeah there's a there's a character that now is hank's kid that's sort of in chronology but she's a to- not her name is nadia she's a great character but she's a totally different character so hope is pretty much just a movie creation uh-huh and and also this ghost is also there there is a, a tradition of of characters named ghost with these kind of abilities but uh ava star is is a new ca- creation a new person to sort of carry that mantle uh, all the previous ghosts have been guys i wasn't 100 percent certain about the nature of the relationship between ghost and and i'm messing i bill foster yes thank you her yeah her mentor father figure you know etc at the end there he has a character name and i thought because of my lack of 
comic book knowledge. Mm-hmm. He had a character when he was working with Hank Pym. I'm, I guessed that. I, I inferred that from mm-hmm. the conversation that was happening when they're in his office at the university. And he's talking about his history and everything, that he was some sort of a character. And again, I apologize. I don't know the name. You can, you can, yeah. you know, flame me on social media. Feel free. <laughs> um, but then you get into, so, but at the end, I wondered, oh, our ghost and insert his character name here uh-huh. were they a team were they a couple were they a you know like i said sort of a father daughter thing i wasn't 100 yeah. percent certain i i wasn't sure that that the the moment they share at the end seemed very loving i'm not going to leave you i'm going to stay with you you know they want to sacrifice for each other and i wasn't 100 percent certain if that was just familial or mm. if it had become something else so not that we need to get off on that tangent there's a couple things in the movie that i, I kind of feel that way about uh, and so and so we'll get into that um, okay uh, to answer your question uh, yes he was uh, obviously this this is from the 70s so <laughs> forgive me but his character was black goliath okay i forbid he should just be goliath sure right but now, uh, sort of as, as time passed, his, he, he was just sort of another growing character. Like, he has this essential history, but he wasn't that important. And unfortunately, that he was not well-written most of the time. And so his most important contribution to the, the bigger chronology of the, of the comic universe was that he died in Civil War. Oh. It was a big deal that, like, the heroes were fighting so much. He was actually a hero who was fighting in there and died. And that became, like, a big turning point for the Civil War. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, but no, he and obviously this ghost was never really a ghost the uh, it. like it was in the comics. So their their paths had never crossed. But yeah, that's interesting. I I I, didn't, I, I was wondering that too. I kind of was getting more of a Dumbledore Tom Riddle relationship. He saw that this yep. you know, the character that had problems, and yep. so he you know caused by someone else, and so he stepped in to try and fix it. Yes, I think definitely at first when she was younger, and then as she grew mm-hmm. up, and then obviously he allowed her to kind of do certain things that you know, based on what had happened to her. Um, mm-hmm. But then I think you you see that they have a huge fight, you know, and she says, that's it. I'm doing it on my own. You know, she's, mm-hmm. She stopped believing in his ability to cure her at that point. Um, yeah. But at the very end, it did seem like, you know, I don't want to say she was back to herself, but obviously after her, Michelle Pfeiffer does her woo-woo, you know, she comes in and does the woo-woo and, and energizes or de-energizes or whatever we want to, you know, has a quantum bond with her. Yeah, uh, yeah just throw the word quantum in front of it. Right, right, funny. exactly. She quant- quantumifies, I don't know, this is awful. Anyway, I thought that they, uh, perhaps that's why then her emotions were just a little more free-flowing and she mm-hmm. wasn't quite the assassin in pain you know, mm-hmm. but she she was trying to to send him away though. She was I mean, you know, because that, she cared about thing. him. She wanted to save his right. life, and he's like, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm I'm here with you. And I thought yeah. that's a very interesting, you know, sacrifice to be together kind of a thing. And I I thought, ooh, have we have we gone over the the father daughter mentor you know mentee <laughs> relationship here or how are we now moving into different territory well i, I don't mean, know he is Lawrence fishburne so i mean come on i don't know I, i'm always gonna think of him as morpheus i know yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh he's it, and and i'll and i always think of him as cowboy curtis yes oh my gosh <laughs> oh my Lawrence gosh fishburne. he's great one of my favorite Lawrence fishburne stories uh is he was this was on uh, inside the actor studio he was talking about this and he got to play Othello. Uh, you know, it was Kenneth Branagh and, and him got to be Iago and Othello in the Othello movie. Uh, and he was really freaking out about it. Uh, and like, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm, I'm I, you know, it's, it's the Othello has this long history of mm-hmm. like being played by white men in blackface and like to finally be like the first sort of big mm-hmm. cinematic Othello, like, can I do this and stuff? And uh, Kenneth Branagh said, you know, he's like, he kind of leaned over and went, 
you know, I'm just a kid from a nowhere town in England. I'm not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> and Lawrence was kind of like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, right. I'm Larry from down the block. That's I awesome. shouldn't be doing this either. He's like, I'm going to show them all. Yeah. He said it was like a big thing over. And I was that's like, I, I love that story. I'm just like, I'm exactly. not supposed to be, but I'm going to show them what I can do. And I say that once again, Marvel's casting department, top of the line. They like really they are, are yeah. they are the best in the business and, right now. And like, I think they're very lucky because they made some very wise choices early on mm-hmm. and they made some very good films early on. And yes. now they're able to command anybody they want. In other words, mm-hmm. people are lining up and knocking on their door to get involved in their <laughs> projects. So they really do have the pick of the litter, for lack of a better yeah analogy yeah i don't think that uh, at the time of the original ant-man they could have gone oh, out God, to no. michelle pfeiffer and said hey would you do this thing for us i mean yeah i don't Ant-Man? know no, she I made that so. dark shadows movie i don't know <laughs> that's true but, yeah no I, well let's put it this way can you imagine you know when robert downey jr signed on for iron man mm-hmm. imagine now that you're able to command these oscar winning oscar nominated i mean he was also oscar nominated but given oh, his yes. track record Yes. You know, that's a very different circumstance. Yeah, then you have yeah. you have a movie filled with some of the best acting you can you can imagine. So many of their mm-hmm. movies are, are good that way. But anyway. Or you get something like Winter Soldier where you get Robert Redford right. to show up and right. like do, you know, a, a sort of just a, a kind a of fantastic. straight sort of espionage spy kind of yeah. role. It's basically just it's him perfect. in a suit and a couple it's things perfect. not running around doing that. Yep. That's and it's and it's great. Well and you're absolutely right though. They do they know they cast the hell out of their movies. I yeah. think of Black Panther, but we're not here to talk about oh, that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I say, yeah, top to bottom. Oh. Is incredibly well cast. Yep. And, and same thing here. Like, and the, the only thing I, I regret in this is that there are really good actors that don't get anything to do. Agreed. So, like, unfortunately, uh, Scott Lang's family, they're great, yep. all three. I mean, like, the, yep. obviously, Cassie, his daughter, gets to... Judy Greer. And- yeah, exactly. Poor Judy Greer. Like, Judy Greer is amazing and gets nothing in this yep. she gets one funny line and that's it but it's kind of the nature of the beast when it's you know it's it's such a gigantic thing i think they made good use of the side characters in this one i think they mm-hmm. learned that it was okay to give okay I'm, i've got to pull this up now i realized i should have this up on my on imdb so i know what the heck the character names are um michael pena his luis yes. I, they knew that they were going to need it, based on how people reacted to him in the, from the first film, that they upped yes. him a little bit, but they used him. I thought they deployed him perfectly. I totally agree. I was thinking about that because of um, th- there's, there's a, there's a bad tendency in these things that when a character breaks yep. out like that, yep. that they focus on him. And I'll use the example of cars Two. Mater was a breakout character of the first one. So they're like, well, why not have him be the, the middle of the movie? It's like, yeah. Then you get into the Jack Sparrow problem. Yes. Those characters work best yes. as a foil for the lead, not as the yep, lead. They're and so I think they used him perfectly well. They gave him more stuff yep. to do, a bigger part. So he was involved all the way through, but didn't try and turn it into a major portion of the thing when when it when the the title is ant-man and the wasp like yep. those are those are the marquee that's what you want that's what you're there 100 percent. and the same thing with the other guys too with uh with uh you know ti and um david desmalchian um yes and i thought uh the other person that i think is hilarious whenever he pops into it is uh randall park 
He's the yes. he's the the FBI agent who's trying to explain the Sokovia Accords to the daughter, and the way he does yeah. it, and the way he talks, and he smiles, right, honey? Yeah. Oh, he's from he's from fresh off the boat. Oh, I love uh, him. Uh, every time he shows up on screen, uh, our friend Kim always says it's Asian Jim because that's what he in the Office. That's what he was referred oh, to as. Really? Oh, <laughs> I don't remember that. I watched the Office, yeah, but he just that's I believe. Let's see. Let's see. Now this is where my my office knows it, but I believe it was the where jim goes to work in the other office like he leaves at like third season yeah maybe mm-hmm. second season i don't know uh, that's where um uh well he goes to work in the other office and so that guy he's working at the other office and then eventually the two get merged and but yeah but this isn't the office cast i'm sure there's one out there <laughs> um so we we have also have uh walton goggins yeah. playing sunny birch yep so the, the i heard to heard to as the the poor man's uh zemo <laughs> that was pretty funny um because he's just a guy but I like that. I, I was kind of wondering, like the first one was much more of a heist movie. Like is very much like you're assembling the team, yep. you're figuring out the problem yep. you're going through, you're going through. So this one, they're not doing that. I was trying to figure out what it was that they were doing because there's there's a That's lot of different elements question. that they're going through. It's action. The, it's a much more action. Yes, there's, a little, there's some romance. Yep. Uh, and then there's a lot of characters doing a lot of different things. And there's a lot of um, hot potato. Who's got the ball? If that's a good point for it, because when I was saying action, really, I'm thinking of like the car scenes. There are a yes. number of car chases. There isn't just one. You know, she's, well, I guess there's one main one, but, um, yeah. it, and it goes on for a while. It's not just, oh, it's they speed somewhere and then boom, you know, it was really a way to get from A to B. But they, they, they say that they were more inspired by um, stuff like the crime thrillers of Elmore Leonard. Oh, like that makes a lot more sense. Yep. That's why all yep. the secondary characters get more to do because that's, that's one of the elements of sort of that genre is right. yep. every character is an interesting character, yep. even if they're only on screen for five minutes. Yep. It wasn't, it was, le- it wasn't really a caper per se no. in the, in the vein of the first one, which I thought was a little right. more that way, mm-hmm. but yes. And then of course you've got your wonderful sci-fi elements that are yeah. so strongly woven in because you know, it's Marvel and yeah. you've got, you know, it wasn't fantasy because of the, uh, well, I guess you could think of it that way. I, I'll yeah. say sci-fi. And it, this movie is best when you don't think about it too hard because I started doing that and I started going, well, wouldn't, well, why does, you know, like when something big, it's small, doesn't it go slower? Like, oh yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can poke holes in it, you know, you, you can easily have some problem with physics, but it's a comic book movie. So you kind of have to let some of that go. Uh, the only thing that I, I, I can't get past is that the lab is this building. So uh, other things that I also found out that was interesting to me uh, is I always got the impression that Hank had taken a building and shrunk it. Yes. They actually, they say it's the opposite. They say that he took a scale model and made it big and put the lab in it. That's why the handle is there. And it's also, that's why it's also self-contained. So you don't have to worry about the pipes and the sewage and all that and power and all that stuff because everything is just inside this box that he found and then made it look like a building. It was like, oh, all right, that makes more sense to me. So wait a minute. I'm not following you with the sewage and the pipes and whatnot. Okay. So I understand the scale model. Start if it was a, a real building. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So let's say let's say he just like found a, a he bought an office building because he is independently wealthy. Sure. Um let's say he found an office building and went, that's the one I'm gonna use, and then like threw the dart on it or basically or built the stuff in it so it would shrink. Well, a building is like a, a like a finger. You pull it off, and there's there's stuff connecting it. There's there's pipes for water. There's pipes right. For oh, I see. Yes, yes, Plus, yes. Okay. It would just be like all this stuff hanging out the bottom. Right, of right. It. So the idea that they were they were they said it was never really that clear, but 
that he actually took a box, like a, a, a rolling cart scale model and like made a made it look like a building and then grew it and then put the lab inside it and then shrunk it all down. So it was never a building. It was always a box, but it just looks like a building. That makes perfect sense. Okay. And there's a lab inside it. But my thing is, why is it a 10-story building? Because <laughs> you don't need it. Like, yeah. how, like the, that's the thing. They, they do all the stuff where they come around the corner and go, oh, there it is. It's a 10-story building. <laughs> you can see it from anywhere. And also, you're telling me not one neighbor goes, Oh, hey, what the hell? Where'd that come from? <laughs> You or where did it your, go? Your street, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to park, and all of a sudden, there's a brand new building there. Or like, you know, yesterday that was a vacant lot. Yeah, I, I <laughs> don't the, know that I. I, I know, I, I know it's, that's nitpicky, but it's like one of those things I just can't stop from picking that nit because it's like, it's why is it huge? Like, if he had made it a strip mall, yeah, okay, like <laughs> maybe, but a ten story building, like you can see it from from blocks away. I yeah, I, there's now you've raised eh. so many questions that my brain is trying to, yeah, to answer. Like I, I apologize for anybody who's who I broke the glass. For. So I guess his house was the same thing because he's relocated that to the beach, yes. you know, and that yes. makes a lot of sense that he was able yeah. to shrink it, you know, whatever. But but then to the reward. This is really dumb. Why are we wasting time on it? But to the reverse point of of the of the pipes and things, yes. how does he hook in? Like what <laughs> what happens? Like what? A lot of stuff. Lot of stuff. Whenever I get too deep into this stuff, I just yeah, go, yeah, yeah. "Oh wait, he's this a super pointless." Genius. Why am I? Why am I thinking and or arguing? Like he about can this? command ants. I'm sure he can come up with like you know a yeah. portable sewage yeah. system and probably and I'm sure he could use. The, I mean. The lab was powered on on AA batteries. Did you see that? Just giant AA batteries? Yes. Oh, that's yes. hilarious. As they're walking through the lab, they walk past it. At one point, you can see there's a giant Duracell battery that's like that's like two oh stories God, that's tall. Hilarious. Okay, well, we need to go on to other things because this is yes. ridiculous. Nobody's going to want to listen to this. They're like, "Are you fucking kidding? Nope. Are you, sorry. Are you bleeping no, no, kidding me?" They're like, "Pick more nits. Pick mm. more nits." Um. Yeah. So. In the in the grand chronology of Marvel, I believe this takes uh, now they they say like oh no it's the whole movie takes place over forty eight hours so it happens like right as if anywhere is happening and I don't believe that's true, I think this is this is well back, like I think this is probably a couple of months before, uh, Infinity War happens, uh, because there I I just don't think there would be anything where if there is an alien invasion happening any of this would anybody would care. Yeah. Right. You know, like, would, would the government really be spending this much time on oh, it too? I, I mean, this is, I think this is much more in the lull before the yeah. show, so I don't think anything happens. So I think that there is a sizable time jump uh, between uh, the end of the movie and the post credits. Okay. I'm going to put out there that I perhaps was not the right person to have in here because I still have not watched the post credit scene. And I'm going to tell God you why, because you <laughs> warned me. You said, if you want to enjoy did. this movie, don't watch the post credit scene. And so I left I did. I did exactly and I that. actually had a major fight with my husband because he came out and started to tell me, oh, this is what happened. And I was like, why the hell do you think I got up and went to the bathroom and deliberately missed the post credit scene? There's a whole, I don't want to know. And he just, yeah. well, I told him we were recording this podcast. He said, you haven't watched the scene. I said, yeah. no, and I'm not going to. <laughs> so I will have to watch it before Endgame, I'm sure. I suppose, I suppose. So, like, so instead of we're talking about it, let's talk yes. about it. Yes, I did. I did that. I did that to all of my friends. I went and saw opening night because I believe... I will go on record and say personally, I think this is the worst post-credit scene 
ever that Marvel has done. Okay. The worst. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Um, because the whole movie is this fun, light romp. And I, and I understand that all things serve the arc. You know, I, I get that they're part of a Marvel thing and they have to acknowledge the, what happened in Germany and, and that kind of stuff. Like you have to, you have to be part of the thing, but I never felt they were more of a slave to the machine than when they had to do the post-credit scene. Okay. Because not only does one, the post-credit scene make zero sense in the chronology of the, of Ant-Man and the Wasp. But B, it destroys the point of the movie. Wow, that's that's a your 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 take. That's a hot take right there. Okay, I, I know. Wow. Right? <laughs> um, so and I, and I will I will I will expand upon that. One, what do I what do I mean by a chronology problem? Okay, one of the things that as as I rewatched it for this, the thing is that Hank and uh, Janet. Well, Janet's been dead, so I mean, like, the, nobody knows really knows what her so let's say legal status is like right, right. Good point. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's uh-huh. legally dead. So they have they have buggered off. Like basically, like they, he found an island, put the house up, and they're living. They're exiles essentially. Like, sure, because he's on the lamb anyway, and and yes, they're on the yeah. lamb. Mm-hmm. They're expatriates. Let's say that they're just like all right. So we're going to Bermuda. Bye. They're out of the game. They get their happily ever after. Got it. I don't know what the status of Hope is. Because technically, she should still be a fugitive as well. Uh, yeah, all of them. I mean, right. So I mean, like Ant Man is kind of in the clear. I mean, Scott, I should say, Scott Lang is pretty much in the clear because they don't have any evidence linking him to all the wacky events. Right. No, at the very end of the yeah, he was he was completely fine. He's served out his house arrest. Yes. He's literally done his time, as you know, yes. one could say. Yep. And, but but like uh, one of the things I I find interesting is that there always is the the Marvel has the feet of clay and I think I, I find hilarious that Scott Lang's feet of clay is that he's terrible for everyone around him. Yes, it's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. recurring thing of just yep. like wow, I just screwed up everyone's life again. Yep. And so hope. I believe is still a fugitive. Now they, they have the nice little moment in the car watching the movie, you know, watching them, which is, was yes, that was adorable. Yep. But mm-hmm. I think she's still on the lamb. Like I still think that she's, she's illegal. So then cut to there they are hanging out in San Francisco, like in an open area doing experiments. Why in the world are, are Hank and Janet there? All there's three fugitives, and yeah. two, two definitely, maybe three fugitives there, and now they're associating with a known felon, which also makes it so he is now implicit too. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're right. That doesn't make much sense, right? So like the, now he would if if anyone if any cop happened to go by, and of course they're in full uniform, like he is at least. Scott's in like full Ant Man outfit, so. Uh, it's again at a visible spot at the top of a thing. So anybody on any of those tall buildings around San Francisco could look in and say, Hey, look, there's Ant-Man. Yep. Hey, officer. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting because it was very clear that like he, they make the point, And again, uh, Randall Park makes the point that uh, you use that technology, which means you're a part of the problem. In other words, he, he yes. actually says your dad broke the, broke the law too, because uh, he was using this technology that goes against the accords or whatever it was. Anyway, that's right. I'm getting right the Sokovia Accords, which are still in effect. Yeah, Sokovia Accords are they're still a full on law. Uh, I mean, you have Captain, you know, even in Infinity War, Captain America still a fugitive. Yes, exactly. And he's at least smart enough to only be out when he really needs to, and otherwise he's holed up at the Avengers headquarters. And I just kind of laugh and go, did they not think to look there for him? Like no, obviously no, he's no, there in this I, I, in the new movie. I I've seen by it. By the time we get to Endgame, there's bigger I, fish. To I, I fry. was just gonna say. I think obviously the world has realized that you know yeah. nobody gives a nobody gives a hoot. What's so, going on? So so back to the end credit. So point two 
is the whole point of the movie and so much time, uh, the entire third act is let's save Janet. We have to save Janet. My mom is there. My wife is there. Like all this action and stuff is done for, for getting her back. And they do. And she comes back and she, you know, does the whammy and, and gives, Use her her Pfeiffer powers and and you know restores ghosts. And then in the closing credits, she's incinerated. Well, what was the point of rescuing her then? If she's just if you're just gonna kill her in the credits, yeah. Why did we point. spend so much time bringing her back? It does seem like really sloppy writing. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that's what I say. So it's because of the machine. It's because like they contacted them and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, you have to kill half your cast." Huh. Well, I was gonna say I don't know if Hank dies or not, but it would make sense. He does. Okay, because I was gonna say if you're gonna get rid of somebody, get rid of him. Yeah, so it's it's uh it's Scott's the only one left, and he's in the quantum realm. And so obviously in Endgame, we'll see how that plays out. From the from the trailer, it looks like he comes out later. Like it it seems like he's. But well, I guess we'll we'll talk about that when that when he comes along. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it it. I, I can tell you. So we saw the. I saw the movie opening night, the big Marvel fans, everybody like having a great time. I mean, like it was just super exciting, like, you know, laughing and stuff too. And then it happens. And then the things come up and we're all leaning forward. Like what's going to happen. And then we saw, of course, because everybody knows you wait for the Marvel end credits. And then it it goes away and the audience went, Oh, yeah. Like there was this guttural just thing of, of course, how could you like after this fun, exciting romp, this this love story, you know, the crimes, yep. I mean, like, and all this, all this good time. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, the three characters that we've come to know and love over the course of the movie, yeah, they're all dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Good night, everybody. Right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Don't forget to tip your waitress. It was such a betrayal. Wow. It wasn't bad. Like I remember uh, at the end of Infinity War, and I've, and I've talked about this on the podcast too, so I won't go over the whole thing. It was dead silence in the end yeah. of that movie. Like I, I mean, I go to see every Marvel movie I can yep. opening night. Yep. Uh, as, much as, as much as I possibly can. And after uh, Infinity War, it was dead silence. Everyone just like yep. in, in the line, just like quietly not making eye contact, yeah, just leaving the theater. shuffled out of the theater. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's what the Russos were going for. Yep, but exactly. in this one, that is not what they were going for. And yet we felt so betrayed by that yeah. last thing. I, I'm still angry about that yeah i agree i didn't think it was necessary to, to do yeah. that and so that's what and so that's when it comes out to, i contacted yeah. you because i know you hadn't seen right. it. right and i'm grateful and like i said i've heard my husband like you know tried to ruin it for me and i was like i want to enjoy this i want to be happy so i agree with you i don't think it was necessary for them to to go that route but again because they are part of the mcu you know yep. they've got it they have to play in that sandbox you know, that, that's, that's right. Those that's are the right. It's like the, you get the, you pay to play. Yep, like exactly. <laughs> you're in. So now you have to, you have to go along with this too. And I think this is, I think this is one of the reasons why Edgar Wright was like, I'm out of here. It wouldn't fit very well in there. Cause he's like, yeah, I, I can't they like, I have to do my own thing. I can't follow these, these rules. Yeah. And I, I guess a lot of directors have, have done that too. They've, they've talked to different people and they went, yeah, I can't, like, I can't, I can't, you know, bend in to do this. There's certain people who can, the Russos are very good at it, yep. uh, but there's certain people who are just, are instinctively like ah no I can't I can't just uh, I can't you can't give me a series of plot points that I have to incorporate into my movie I just ah. because I've got to hit them by you know I have to hit these beats at this time because the next thing you know it, right. it all feeds into one I will say this though mm-hmm. I think it's really wise that they didn't just let people do their own thing because I this is without question the only franchise I can think of where they absolutely nailed it in terms of their um, 
the entire thing cohesing, <laughs> having cohesion as a whole. Uh-huh. I, it's the master class for anybody planning to do a, a giant world like mm-hmm. this and, and allow multiple people to direct. This is, mm-hmm. they really, really knew what they were doing. This is, I say, cause, cause we're seeing now what happens when you don't have that uh, editorial control that was happening in the, in DC right now. I mean, like they're, oh, they yeah. Basically went, yeah. yeah, we can't do it. So we're just going to let people yep. do whatever they want. Well, and I hate you to know. say it, but I'll also make the claim that I think star Wars is suffering from that, that mm. they didn't have anybody you, you know, Paul Feig is obviously a genius and, and I say that in terms of he really for he really saw here's how we need to have this whole arc and let's have people you know have creative control within that arc. But this is this is the Kevin over- Feige, yeah. Kevin Feige, Paul Feig mm-hmm. is a totally different director. He's the guy from Bridesmaids and all that, yes, and the female Ghostbusters, and I love him too. But that's not who I was talking about. Yes. Anyway, so Kevin Feige is a genius. He saw yes. the overarching thing, and I I will say, and I can't remember if I talked about this with you or on another podcast that mm-hmm. uh, bless Kathleen Kennedy, and she may have yeah. worked under. Uh, Spielberg and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think she's uh, she's an incredibly fantastic lady, mm-hmm. uh, woman. But ah, I don't think she had. She's a producer. She didn't have that overarching creative idea yeah. to say this is what we want to do in the Star Wars universe. This is the this is the huge big picture. I think they just thought everybody could kind of bring something to the table and it would all work out in the end. Yeah. And we're seeing the the results of that. And uh, well. Yeah, you'll you can get my opinion on J.J. Abrams another time. This is not that podcast. I'm sure there's a couple of Star Wars podcasts that would have a lot to say about. Uh, anyway, yes, if you ever want to do that, call me yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> lens flare. Yeah, I yeah, I'm interested to say uh, that, that's very interesting to see how this uh, episode nine thing yeah. will shake out uh, because yep. I agree. I think there is there is a big difference between being involved and creatively shepherding a great movie, which she has shown she can do. Correct. Yes, I take nothing away. Yep, like take nothing her, away. Her resume, from that. like there is, you know, hang it for the rafters because there's nothing no one can touch it but managing a i hate the word franchise yeah is a is a different kettle of fish and i think yeah. we're seeing a lot more growing pains with her than we we are with uh, kevin and i think it's a it's it's not i want to say it's like it's not really her fault i mean this is it's never been done before and and kevin just happened to be somebody who really saw the need for that overall guidance mm-hmm. and had the Hey, he just he just had it, whatever that was, to be able to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. this is interesting here, especially back to Ant Man the Wasp, is that this was totally them. Like this was um, Peyton Reed and and the the, the gang essentially from Ant Man, the sort of were assembled to sort of cobble together a movie from the pieces of another movie that didn't happen. This is them. Like, all right, what do you want to do? And this is all original like everything in this is not based on a comic book it's not based on any existing thing they this is one of the few times that they're not adapting existing material but taking the characters that they they had and putting them on a brand new adventure yes that's very very rare especially the mcu where it's usually based on something yep and that's the the well and and you take a huge risk when you do that you know it because if it goes south it goes south bad and quickly um, yes. And I think that, you know, that was a nice, they did a good job, you know. And and uh, so let's talk about something we haven't talked about enough. Okay. One of the best parts of this movie are the women. Yeah. Because not only does Wasp get her name up there, but she gets to be a kick-ass woman in this. She does. She does. I will say this is not the strongest, but it's better than a lot of Marvel um, 
a lot of Marvel efforts. Yes. I'll put it that way. They're getting yes. better. They're getting better. But yeah, yeah, I still think Hope Hope's characters, they're trying to give her a bit more dimension. A little underdeveloped or you think like what? I think they're trying to give her more dimension, but I think mm-hmm. that, you know, they, they have a ways to go. I agree. But they, but she does get to kick ass. She's a great action yes. hero. I, th- I will, well, we're not going to, we're not here to talk about Captain Marvel. I've seen that, but <laughs> yeah, I a, think, I think it would be time. interesting to compare the two at a different, at a later date when it wouldn't be spoiler. Yeah, I agree. People. I agree. I, yeah. Cause I, at the time of this, comes out, I, don't, I don't know. Everyone has seen anything, but yes, there's, there's a lot, no, of, lot to exactly. talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I think she was a big step forward. And I think she gets yes, to have agreed. a lot more dimension than we've seen some of the other characters do. I mean, like more than like Maria Hill. Oh goodness. Yeah. Maria, Maria is Hill a stand in has been in a lot yeah. more movies and has had really nothing to do. Well, Maria was kind of the female Phil Coulson, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to be this, yes. <laughs> this fun side character people are enjoying. And then, you know, obviously Phil mm-hmm. broke out in a really big way. Yes. Gets his own series, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But anyway, that's a, again, tangent, but yeah. So talk to what right. were you, well, I mean, I have thoughts about the women. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I hope, I hope it's, it's great, obviously, because she's incredibly capable, which is nice. Uh, like that they, they don't have it be that, that even though there is like, eh, she does get rescued, but she also does rescue. So they do, I thought they did a nice job of balancing the Ant-Man and the Wasp portion of it too, where there's, it's not that uh, Scott is particularly more skilled in any of this stuff, but, it shows them working together is better than them working apart. Yes, I would agree. And I think that, like you said, there's a, there's a, um, they made good use of what they had in the ways that they could. Let's put it that way. Yes, I would be out and I would, I would, I would be happy to put my money down on the table for an, a wasp movie. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I liked, I, I'm a little disappointed in the idea that maybe we've seen the last of Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. I don't mean Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean of uh, Janet, Janet. Because I think that her character really had some had some interesting capabilities. I was wondering if maybe they were going to make her a villain, possibly. Thank you, you know? for bringing that up. I had yeah. the exact same reaction. When I wa- watched the movie, I was When like, she says, I'm not the same woman that I yeah. was. I kind of got that like sinister, like, is she like is she maybe she you know this what did she vibe. have to become you know i mean did she lose her mind right. being alone is, for that i mean long, is, it, is it something else has taken over her body yeah, who knows i mean where she's, did she find she's the gone quantum <laughs> how did she get her eyebrows so on point i mean I no idea so how did she look so realm? good with gray hair i mean a lot of women are going for that right. now and they're not getting it right she's nailing it yeah there's there's a lot a lot a lot of questions uh about the quantum realm too well, i mean uh, uh, even even like uh, one of the things I was thinking about uh, was, you know, they're smaller than photons. <laughs> so how are they seeing all of this stuff? <laughs> yeah. But, eh, yeah. you know, that's, this is funny. This is this in the uh, in the Marvel comics. This is the microverse. And there's a whole other universe down there with a whole its own set of heroes and villains. And and I believe that I, I, th- I when I believe that. But I mean, I, I I wonder if they're going to use the quantum realm, I'll call it for how they will deal with end game. In other words, how they will deal with what happened. I, with I, I absolutely think that's the case. I feel like what other magic quote unquote could they use? Obviously captain Marvel shows up in, and I say that because the trailers are yes. out now and she's in right. it. Um, by the way, we should probably put a little bit of a, 
spoiler to that at uh, the beginning of the thing because we're just stating things well, like. Uh, yeah, I suppose if, if you're trying to stay away from me in the end game, like they they show her in the end game trailer, so it's like, all right, well, I guess we're just talking about this now. So yep. Yep. I assume most of the people who are listening have have are <laughs> are as up to date as we're allowed to be. That like I'm, I'm saying, yep. I'm not trying. To, I'm not putting out any information that is has not is not readily available to everything. Like I don't have any insider stuff. I don't. I haven't. You know found the script online or something uh uh like this is all just like based on the trailers and and and, and of course the number one source of marvel information the funko figures oh my gosh you know you somebody said that i don't know if you said it or or if i saw it recently it was that lego and funko are the number one uh-huh. and two uh you know spoiler yeah uh businesses or whatever that's right used to yeah. be any cool news exactly now, <laughs> now it's, it's, it's not just some troll you know online it's, it's funko right. thanks a lot <laughs> Right, because because God forbid you don't have a a, a Funko figure right, for every exactly. single character that's in that's your so movie. Funny. Yikes! Um, but yeah, so with with I think having Janet say "Time for Texas," yeah, that wasn't yeah. just a slip of the tongue. Like, and the <laughs> idea that things have to line up in a certain way, or else you know, and and yeah, it won't happen again. And I don't know. Yeah, which also brings to the to the 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 third uh, uh, awesome woman in this movie, and that's. Ava Ghost. Yes, I agree. Because one of the cool things about her, if you watch when her when her powers are fluctuating, she's shifting in time. Yes, it's one of the coolest effects. And then now we know sort of quantum and time vortex and all, and and you know, that this will be. Uh, you can kind of see it's almost foreshadowing because there's mm-hmm. moments like when she's fighting with uh, Bill, where like two seconds, you you see a flash of what's going to happen two seconds later, like where her head is going to be, how her face is going to look. You can see, so like, you know, her whole body is not only like uh, falling apart, but also it's shifting back and forth in time. Yeah, I don't think I really understood that. But yes, you're absolutely right. I don't know that I, I mean, I saw it, but I don't know that I noticed. Okay, yeah, that's what's happening. It's right after, you can see it's a, you can see it most notably, I think, in the scene where uh, after the three of them have been captured in Escape, Mm Ant-Man and and Wasp and and Hank, um, and she's getting ready to go after them and is, is, starts to threaten uh cassie and like she's having a big fight with him there's a couple of times in there where like all of a sudden you see like her her for a second you see her face is yelling as she's like talking normally and all of a sudden she yells and it's like moves into where that was it's a really really cool oh effect. all right i'm gonna have to pay attention to that we watch this movie often with my daughter and uh she loves it it's it's one of her favorite yeah. marvel movies and you know we we just watched um we were going to watch it the other night and then she changed her mind because we let her watch bits and pieces of uh infinity war because she oh, really okay. wanted to see it and it's such a downer uh-huh. it's the reason why we haven't watched some of the later harry potter movies because mm-hmm. they just become relentlessly dark and it's not yeah. appropriate for an eight-year-old yeah I, I would say my advice to you would be to stay away from the fantastic beast series entirely yeah she's seen one of <laughs> them you know she saw the friends of grindelwald is just relentlessly dark is it well, sorry that's... for the divergence no no that's okay Any... who's like who's like wants to have a good time at the movies do not go see crimes of grindelwald because you will not all right good to know yeah, yeah, we we did. Um, anytime there's a PG thirteen movie, we watch it ahead of time, and then we yes. decide whether or not it's you know appropriate for the Munchkins. So, mm-hmm. um, so in that case, both of us were in agreement that this is too dark, it's too depressing. But she, you know, begged and anyway. So we showed some things, and then she asked. We she didn't see the ending, you know, to see oh, everybody. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't put her through Spider Man, for example. Um, yeah, 
she, you know, she asked who makes it and we had to tell her who did and who didn't. And so she's been not wanting to watch Marvel movies as a result. Aww. She said, no, I'm, it makes me too sad. And I was like, oh, little one. I get it. I really get it. And this is why that stuff like this is great. Yeah, post credit scene. Yeah. Ant Man, the, the the both of them. I like my daughter, who's uh, who's eleven, loves both of the Ant Man movies because I think they're much more of a light hearted romp. Yes, they are. Like there is a place for Civil War, you know, like dark and and like the you know, that that sort of much more serious, or like the dealing with the PTSD issues of Iron Man three. And I know that Marvel, you know, keeps it light, mm -hmm. but these are the lightest of all of them. And I'm oh, yes. glad that there's a place for that in the MCU. Yeah, me too. I think they've done a good job, but that's how I felt about the guardians as well. She loves those yes. movies as well. They're some of her favorites. I also think that, uh, you know, we haven't watched any of the Iron Man movies with her because they are just okay. really, really dark and mm -hmm. you know, there'll be a time, but not yet. Yeah. That's my own personal thing. Anyway, um, but yes, and I, that's one of the, I do think that the women in this, you know, it's, I look at it obviously as a woman um, mm -hmm. thinking, is this something I want my child to, my daughter to see? Is this giving mm -hmm. her a good idea about what women are capable of and what, what they can, you know, what can, what they can do? And are they just the girlfriend? Are they just this or are yes. they something in their own right? And I will say I, Mar Marvel at least got that right. And it's funny because now I expect and that. And that's one of the things I like about, about Ghost about specifically about ghosts too is because she comes off as the villain and then once you understand what she's doing she's more of an anti-hero mm -hmm. she's trying to and then uh then she by the end she's she's sort of like uh sort of now free like she has she yep is, and also i read an interesting article i wish i could find it um i could but i looked for it again i couldn't find it but somebody wrote an article about living like the how much ghost meant to them because of her living with chronic pain and they talked about how oh, wow. that that is such a major factor in her life about like she's constantly in pain and now to not have that it, it was a, a big shift they, they say it explains a lot because like she's lashing she lashes out at the world and she's angry all the time just because there's this constant thing it was like oh i never really considered that before and knowing that watching it again i i really see that too and i, I think they did a, a nice job with her too that she could have been blah you know she could have been uh, really like she could have been daring daring cross again uh you know yellow jacket just like flat out evil oh right right very you know, yellow jacket um, yep. Yep, but but they didn't they really made it like she like she's not quite to the killmonger level where it's like yeah. it's like all right you're right you're right Ooh, uh, there's the problem but, yep. but it's much yep. closer to that vein than it has been lately with like ronan the accuser and then where it's just oh, yeah. like like yep. you know just relentlessly evil just two-dimensional black and white i am bad guy hear me roar mm -hmm. yeah i will say uh, yeah and then you find out at the end she's not actually the you know, really the bad guy right it's whoever these nameless, faceless people are. By the way, do we ever find out who he was trying to sell that to? Like who were his his buyers or whatever that he was so scared of? No, they never said that. One of the one of the writers has said that they thought it was he was trying to sell it to Norman Osborne. And I was like, All right, that's oh, headcanon. I'll accept that. I like okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> have we seen Osborne? Like, did we see that? We have the... not so far. Norman Osborne has not shown up in the MCU at all. Oh. But I, I, I think that their Spider movies are trying to not follow in the same. We don't also have not seen J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, like they're trying to sort of chart their own path. Interesting. Okay. But of course, uh, that's that'll be interesting in the future because the Sony Marvel deal is set to expire. So. 
then they'll be on their own. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Venom was a big hit, which was not really not good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I missed that. <laughs> thankfully, I, I, I'm one. The movie was not good. Sorry, everybody. It's true, but so many people went to see it that now Sony's like, oh, clearly we know what we're doing, so we don't need Marvel's help anymore. Oh dear. Do you though? Well, when it comes to animated movies, I'll give you a top drawer because Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse was amazing. This is what I've heard. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would say you, you easily could watch that as with the whole family. Okay. It's great. Yeah, this is, what I've, this is what I've heard. But again, I... Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, watch it ahead know. of time or whatever. But like I'm, I'm saying, that, that movie is one of the best Spider-Man things that they've ever done. And it's, it's so... It, it's it's not full of fan homages. It's they just flat out like we're putting stuff out here that only deep Marvel fans, deep Spider-Man fans are going to get, and it doesn't matter. We don't care. Like there's there's such deep deep Easter eggs in that that's I still am finding stuff that's like oh that's a reference to oh that thing, and yet the story itself is is accessible to everyone. It's it's an amazing high wire act they did. Well, that's good to know. I I've heard nothing but good things about I it. Wish I, it's like it's not in the MCU, so I can't do an episode about it. But I would I could talk about that movie for hours. Yeah, I I was just gonna say I think maybe that's something you do uh, another time. You never know. Yeah, because I'm a, we'll have a have a uh, splinter cast uh, alternate universe. <laughs> Jump to the other side for a little bit because it's Spider Man, so right? Yeah, why not? Bit. Why not? It's not on the road, but you know, eh, what's a what's one stop on the road? I mean, you know, we're all headed towards someplace dark, so why not have one little? <laughs> we're all headed towards someplace dark. Yeah, sad but true. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. I think um, Branch, that pretty much covers all of my notes. Uh, anything else you can think of? We haven't we haven't talked about. I mean, like obviously uh, we can. Yeah, the the chase sequence is amazing, and the quantum realm is, yep. is there's a there's a bit of a there's a tardigrade in there. So for all you Star Trek Discovery fans out there, there's a uh, maybe that's the same tardigrade that we've seen in other places. The same tardigrade. Hey, do you do you watch Star Trek Discovery? No, I do not. Uh, okay, Star Trek Discovery in the first season, they had a uh, a, a tardigrade was a, a character on the show for about four or five episodes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It, it come from the mycelial network. It was uh, uh-huh. really cool. So there's another tardigrade in there. So tardigrades are all the hit right now. Quantum. All quantum. It's all quantum. Right? That's the... <laughs> you just put the word quantum in front of everything. Yeah, That's right. I, know, I love that them just that it's, a, it's called hanging a lantern on it. That's like when they, even the movie itself goes, all right. Let's say if you want to... So for those of you who want to enjoy this movie a second time and really enjoy it, the drinking game for Ant-Man and the Wasp is you take a shot every time someone says lab or quantum. Okay, there we go. <laughs> by, by about the midpoint of the movie, you'll be having a good day. All right, day. good to know. Uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's a, I like that style of drinking game. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or every time somebody kicks or punches someone, that's always yeah. fun. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping to get to do a third one. I really hope that the, uh, the third one is Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ghost and other Wasp. That's my pitch. Yeah. I, well, I think it's so much of it depends on what they do with these people meaning like the the actual people they've got right now obviously yeah what what happens in endgame and who who comes out of yeah it. and and the idea that like okay it has to be ant-man again yeah yeah because there's no one else to <sighs> i know i know i can't believe that hey guys i'm so gl- grateful you called me like i remember thinking that was so funny 
when he showed up and, hey, I know you. You're awesome. I know you too. You're cool. Like, you're great. I love him. Yeah. yeah. Anytime Paul you know, Rudd's in there. Paul Rudd is, is such a great thing for this because you can tell he's genuinely pleased to be oh, here. Oh, absolutely. To, there's a lot of people who are just like, eh. I'm going through the motions, whatever. But like you can see in all this stuff, he's like, I can't believe I get to do this. This is so much fun. I uh, It will be interesting to see what happens with Endgame. I am very grateful that they mm-hmm. made Ant-Man and the Wasp because in and of itself, it's a fun movie to watch. I get a kick out of it every time. And uh, So possibly future spoilers, uh, depending on, on what they do. But I, I can tell you that in the comic books, uh, Scott's daughter Cassie grows up to be a superhero herself named Stature. Oh, Stature, you say? So should there be a, uh, or possibly or possibly Stinger, depending on, on where, where they're at in the, the timeline, um, if there is time travel involved in Endgame, mm-hmm. which not guaranteed there is, but probably mm-hmm. there is, and they end up in a future thing, would not be surprised if we would meet a future version of his oh, daughter, that'd be awesome. who's also a hero. That would now. be great. They, it seems like they kind of seeded that in here too, because I gotta say the 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 father daughter stuff in this is some of the, my favorite scenes in this movie. Like in this movie, I've always oh my word, we're we're there at the very beginning. The way that it opens, it's just so wonderful. It, that's good writing, I think. It was a wonderful part of the story, and the, yeah. and where she says that she wants to be his partner. Yeah, it's it's so sweet. And it's they could have easily gone to really schmaltzy, but they they it was funny and sweet and they kept it on just the right side of it. So you you weren't like, okay, yep, (laughs) you never because like, you know, like at the end, when she says, well, you are the world's greatest grandpa. (laughs) I mean, I like the fact that she seems like she could be his father, his daughter. Yeah. That she's sassy and she's really smart yeah. because they made it clear that he's actually a smart guy. He mm-hmm. just makes terrible decisions. Right. Um, yeah. They. I liked that from the beginning. I thought that that was that was very well done. So yes, Amen the Wasp. We definitely give it a a, a, a enthusiastic uh, go see it. It's it's really really good. Um, and a lot and had a lot of ton of fun. And and rewatching it is great too. I remember I was watching it, you know, in, in bits and pieces just so we can. And I would I just had it on, and within five minutes, like everyone in the house had come and sat down and was watching it. And it wasn't even like a particularly exciting scene. It was just you know in sort of the middle, the sort of Act Two stuff. And it was like, yeah, it's it's the thing. It's like you can just jump in at any point, and it's just fun it's just fun to watch yep and i am excited for what comes next i Mm -hmm. i hope that they do like you said make a three Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not gonna you know we'll see who survives and how they survive and how all that goes (laughs) yeah and i hope we've not seen the last of ghosts because i really am interested to see where her character goes from here well yeah i thought that they were arrested so she'll have to break out or something or well i I think she and and um bill got away like they had that conversation in the alleyway, and I think they escaped. So they're maybe they out did. there somewhere. All right, with hanging out with Janet and what's his name on yeah, their island. They're, on the, they're all hanging on the island together. Yep, Exile Island. The house. Yep, Exile, Exile Island. Exile Island. <laughs> That's where they are. So, all right. Well, thank you for uh, coming along and uh, and uh, talking about Ant Man and the Wasp with me. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. I'm happy to have been a part of it. I'm glad that this worked out that we could do this. And thank you, listeners, for for being incredibly patient and waiting the whole year for us to get down to this one. I know that it came out in what July of 2018, uh, and so it's we're <laughs> I, I did. It's not a full year, so I mean, it still counts, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. So, uh, all right. So I guess we'll say our goodbyes. And I, of course, to uh, 
Alright, so uh, this has been the uh, Roadwork Movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you, Amy. Um, thank, thank you, Tom. Alice, for engineering this stuff. Thank you. All the professionalism comes from her. All the mistakes are my own. Um, and we will see you guys further on up the road. Next stop, Captain Marvel. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Legible Scrawl audio production. Find out more about us at our website, legiblescrawl.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at Legible Scrawl, or find us on Facebook. The music you're listening to is Zazzy by Kevin McLeod. You can find out more about him at incompetech.com. And as always, you're welcome. <laughs>